From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty Podcast. The Fortune 500 is the iconic list of large companies in this country. When you've made the Fortune 500, you know you've made the big time. It's a measure of prestige. It says they're big enough to play with the big boys. Welcome to the Frosty Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. With me, as always, Tony Perenni. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. And as always, you can find us on Podbean. Tony, we have officially passed the halfway point. We are now in the stretch of the season. And where a couple weeks ago, we talked about teams starting to separate themselves. Everybody seems to have come back together. And boy, is it tight in the standings. Yeah, parity is the key word right now in this league. Uh, you have three people atop the sales division at five and two, four teams all the way around at five and two. You got three at two and five, everybody else right there in the middle. So things are airtight right now at the midway point. All right, well, let's get into it here. Opening bell presented by Dunder Mifflin Paper Company Incorporated. And Tony, let's get right into our game of the week. And boy, was it a great one. Steve Groover's EBDB B&B finds themselves on top of Super Sack 104 to 102.2. Dave was hoping that the New England offense would have enough to overcome Groover as he was coming in behind in this game. But unfortunately for Dave, the New England offense carried themselves pretty well against the Jets. And they took the took the foot off the gas towards the end. So coming up just 1.8 points short of Steve. And Dave's going to find himself painting the shed at Uncle Doug's house. It was a tight battle through and through, and we were we were all riveted last night watching that Monday night game uh, come down to the finish and all really feeling Dave's pain there as the Patriots just sat on the game with a 33-point lead, and you can't really blame them. I guess you're kind of hoping that that hatred Belichick has for the Jets would lead to him throwing another dagger in there, but it didn't end up happening. Uh, ends up being... A two-point victory for Steve in this first battle of the Meanderwood melee. Uh, didn't really get a great showing from a, a good portion of his team. His receiver issues continued to show up. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald won with 2.2 points. Kenny Galladay with 3.1. It was a Marvin Jones week in Detroit. Uh, it's becoming very apparent now with the Detroit offense. It is either going to be a Kenny Galladay week or a Marvin Jones week. They do not coexist in the same week. So this one did not go Steve's way, but he didn't need it to in the end. Dalvin Cook puts up the 28-point effort that he's been used to showing, uh, gets enough from Lamar Jackson at 23 points. But I think this really comes down to, on Dave's side, second week in a row he loses a player in the first quarter of a game, this week with Will Fuller, last week with Will Disley. Uh, and this one really costs him the game because if Will Fuller has one more catch, he wins this week. So it's a tough pill to swallow if you're Dave. Yeah, and, and Dave now finding himself two and five, hoping to get to that three and four mark. But uh, Groover 
going down to five and two, and now you know in that in that three way tie in the sales division. So definitely looking good for Steve. Next game here, Tony. This was a shocker. Tykers Cyberdyne Systems having the game of their lives, overcoming Tim Taft's The Green Dragon, 158.6 to 96.7. Welcome back to the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, with with 43.8. And otherwise, Ty's roster doesn't jump out at you. Nobody else breaks 20, but multiple of his team in the teens only Dawson Knox with 4.2. Everybody else uh, greater than 12. Uh, so just a, a team performance there. And on the flip side here, with Tim's team, Darren Waller puts up 31 and otherwise kind of a poor showing. Unfortunately, he picked the wrong side of the David Johnson-Chase Edmonds debate uh, with David Johnson scoring 0.2 points and Chase Edmonds scoring 35. It's funny because last week when we had Tim on, he was talking about making that David Johnson, Chase Edmonds decision, where last week he put Edmonds in there because he was afraid with Johnson being a little banged up going into that game, he might only get a couple carries, re-aggravate the injury, and end up uh, leaving the game and leaving Tim with a poor showing. And a week later, that's exactly what happened here. Uh, maybe not so much of Johnson retweaking the injury, but it turns out he was more just the emergency running back in this than this game. So he gets a carry, uh, comes out of the game, never goes back in. It becomes a Chase Edmonds game the rest of the way. So in the end, with the amount of points that Ty put up, it probably didn't matter in the end. Uh, Ty, for the second time this season, his team just saves up all their points for one week and explodes. Uh, gets good showings from his Rams, but like you said, Aaron Rodgers really coming to play there with 43.8 points. Um, and in today's uh, news cycle this morning, we had a Mohamed Sanu trade to the Patriots, which I think uh, helps Ty in two different ways here because uh, Ty has both Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley on his team. I think this is going to help both those receivers, getting them away from each other on that same roster. So I, I think there's some potential here uh, that Ty's team could get a little infusion of talent moving forward that could help him. If if Todd Gurley can stay healthy and Amari Cooper can stay healthy, uh, I think he's got a shot for some more points down the stretch. Yeah, I'm with you, especially in that flex spot where he hasn't had great showings. You now have, like you said, either Ridley or Sanu. Um, I think with Sanu, you're playing the Patriot game there where you could go off one week and not get any looks the next. But, you know, Matt Ryan spreads that ball around. So Calvin Ridley looking to get probably some more touches than he has uh, previously. So I'm with you. I guess the question, Tony, is this the turnaround for Ty or is this flash in the pan? It's hard to tell, really. I, I think there's some components on that roster that could really be turning the tide for him, but he's, his team is so inconsistent. But we've talked about the last couple of weeks how it was almost a foregone conclusion that Ty was going to be uh, should, should probably be starting to fill in his circles on his Scantron for that ACT. I'm not so certain that's the case anymore because this is now the second time this season where his team has just gone off 
And because his team has the potential to do that, if they do that in the ACT playoffs, if he ends up in that area just once, he's going to get himself out of jail real quick and somebody else is going to be in there. So uh, having the potential to do this, I think, helps him quite a bit. But he's really not that far off from playoff territory right now. He's right there in the middle of things. If he can string together a couple wins like this and turn the tide, uh, we could be talking about him in the playoffs. And that is something that uh, Tim Taft's Green Dragon uh, definitely does not want to hear because I don't think Tim wants to see any more of Ty Kerr this year. This is now his second loss to Tyler. Yeah, Tim mentioned he got trapped twice. And when you get trapped more than once, that's not trap anymore. They have your number. Uh, in our next matchup here, Tony, it was going to be best versus worst as your Nooks and Fannies went into town to take on Kevin Hulick's law offices of Saul Goodman. And I think we all expected you were going to take care of business, and boy, did you not. Kevin Hulick winning this battle 132.2 to your 95. As we look at Kevin's roster, you know, he had some up and down performances across his team. Uh, you know, so Josh Allen pretty much hitting projection at 21.3. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, we've been talking about eventually he's going to turn it on. He finally does at 25.6. And Patriots defense, uh, is there an end in sight? They score 23. Bad showing, however, from Evan Ingram and uh, Mark Ingram. On the flip side, Tony, your team, uh, kind of the same story, but more guys who struggled and nobody who went off. So Carson Wentz, only 6.8. Aaron Jones hit his projection, 18.3. Derrick Henry hit his projection, 17.8. But otherwise, poor showings, uh, except when you get down to the Bills defense, who scored 8, or scored 10. And Robbie Gold, still sticking with Robbie G at 8 points. But Tony, you weren't even able to break 100 again. Is this starting to become a concern for you? It's kind of concerning. You put together two weeks like that. I definitely got a big blow on a Friday before the weekend even started learning that Alvin Kamara was going to be out. He's obviously my star player. So any week where you don't have him that isn't a buy uh, is concerning. So I'm, I'm guessing that I'm probably not going to have him this week either as they go into the buy the week after. So this is probably going to be three weeks in a row where I don't have my star player, uh, you know, a period of the season where the Eagles have a pretty rough stretch of games, uh, Odell Beckham's facing the Patriots this weekend. That's not favorable. So, yeah, it's it's not a very favorable stretch for me in the next couple of games that I'm going to have to try and navigate it uh, against some good opponents. I re still really like my roster down the stretch because I think those schedules really turn around as you go uh, into the end of uh, the season. But uh, plugging Kenyon Drake in this week didn't help me. Uh, the Eagles offense just flat out the entire team for the Eagles really didn't show up for that game against the Cowboys. And I felt that with Wentz and Ertz. Uh, Tyler Boyd just falling victim to Andy Dalton's ineffectiveness right now. He was targeted 14 times in the game and only caught five balls. I'm not even sure how that's possible. Um, yeah, just a rough, rough showing there. And then Kevin just uh, meets his projection and then a little more. Uh, and that Patriots defense continues to show up for him on a week-to-week -week basis. Kevin's team is now the second leading scoring team in the league this year, sitting at two and five. Uh, I don't think it's 
that much of a stretch to suggest he can start putting multiple weeks like this together and climb himself out of that basement. Cause I don't think for any stretch that his, that his season is done and he's a foregone conclusion to be in the toilet bowl playoffs. The last two games here, Tony, Kalen King's prestige worldwide dropping fourth game in a row to Vince Gorgonzola's grandpa's cheese bar in 126.3. Uh, another solid showing from Vince's team and another poor showing from Kalen. So kind of concerned for him moving forward. So yeah, Vince's team keeps rolling, uh, puts up 126 again, and Kalen's funk just continues. Uh, that, that jinx we were talking about seems to continue going. We'll see if he can break it this week against my team, the team that started it for him. And then in our last matchup, Charlie Thurber's capital expenditures beats Joe Reedy's footloose prosthetics 99.4 to 78.8. Uh, another showing where we, we have both teams below 100. And, Tony, how concerned are you now about Joe's team? I think we keep talking about this time and time again. It's just underperformance after underperformance. Looking at his roster, I don't feel like I should be, but this this seems to be more often than not the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's failing to hit 100 points, so this has to be a little bit concerning for him, especially as he goes into bye weeks here with his roster. Uh, luckily, he's already got the Le'Veon Bell one out of the way, and that jet schedule gets a lot better moving forward. But I think he has some concerning aspects here. Tyreek Hill uh, probably won't be fully unlocked for the next couple of weeks if Pat Mahomes misses some games. So he might need to piece together a couple wins to try and climb back in there. But when his, his team, when it is at full throttle, can definitely put up some points. So uh, it's just kind of a Jekyll Hyde-ish team right now for him. It's got to be frustrating for him. And that'll do it for the opening bell presented by Dunder Mifflin Paper Company Incorporated. Well, this week was a rough one for the Nooks and Fangs as we became the upset special of the league. After a loss like that, I need to get a cold one in my hand as fast as possible. So I'm jumping in my space cruiser and blasting off to Mos Eisley Cantina, Tatooine's number one pub and grill. You know what I love about this place? You always know what you're going to get. The beer is always cold, the atmosphere is always hostile, and the music never changes. I can't wait to pull on up to the bar and order me some deep-fried Nuna legs tonight and catch the start of the NBA season on one of their 35 holographic screens. And I, I want to see you there, too. Head on out to Mos Eisley Cantina this week to grab some great drinks, barter with space pirates, and catch the Friday night fights. That's not the special. Just every Friday night ends in fights. Tell them you heard about them on the Frosty Podcast to receive five Republic credits off your order. That's the best deal under two suns. That's Mos Eisley Cantina, a pub experience that's out of this world. Joining us on the Frosty Hotline, presented by Olivator's Wand Shop, maker of fine wands since 382 BC is the coach of the five and two EBDB BNB, your commissioner, Steve Groover. Steve, welcome back to the podcast. What's up guys. I appreciate having me come back on. It's been a little while. Yeah. I'm excited to be here again. So Steve, Tell us about how the season's going. You know, obviously we saw your 19-game win streak snapped. Uh, then you dropped another game, so you're sitting there at 5-2. and two. Uh, You know, ESPN has you in there at second in the sales division, but realistically, we're in a four-way tie in the league and a three-way tie in that sales division. 
How do you think your your season's going this far? Honestly, for how the team's been doing and all that, I couldn't be happier with the record. I could easily be sitting at three and four right now or something like that. You know, it's it's been an up and down road. The team's not cruising quite as easily as it has been the last year or two. But, you know, for being tied to first place and all of that, I'm pretty happy with what we're doing right now. Steve, it's, it's good you touched on uh, the possibility you could have been three and four at this point. Your team has really had a flair for, for the dramatic on Monday nights so far this season. Uh, what's it been like following your team on a week-to-week basis? I got to think the nerves have been a lot higher for you this year than they have in Oh, my gosh. The, the Monday night games have been killing me, Tony. It seems like every week my game comes down to a Monday night. And, you know, one week it's a defense that a sack at the end of the game gives me the win. You know, this week Brady throws a touchdown pass in the first quarter. I stopped watching after the first quarter. I didn't want to watch myself lose to Dave. And then I look back in, like, the fourth and what Dorsett has caught, like, one more pass since then. Yeah, it's been – it's been definitely a roller coaster. Those Monday night games are giving me a little trouble, especially when I'm trying to study. You know, it doesn't really do much for studying when you got games like that going on. You know, Steve, I think I think the the shocking thing to me with your team is that you've always been just a a points juggernaut, and now you find yourself sixth place in points for, and five pl- fifth place in points against. You know, you're you're about a hundred points off the leader, which is still Vince Gorgonzola. What do you need to do here in the in the back half of this season to really turn it on and make sure that you are, you know, vying for that that first round bye? You know, I think there's a little recency bias in there. You know, yeah, my team everyone dominated last year. I had the just the magic touch. Everybody that was on the team happened to be like what top five in their position. But Honestly, we knew that wasn't going to last. You know, this is fantasy football, and I'm sitting at 5-2. and two. I've got guys that I really like on my squad. You know, I've got Cook and Chubb sitting in that running back spots. You know, I can ride them throughout the season, and I really just need to find one or two receivers that I can plug in that, you know, maybe I have to bench guys randomly here or there and play matchups, but I really like where my team's at. And, you know, at the end of the day, I've got the record that, likely is going to get me to the playoffs and really that's all that matters steve one more question for you on your team before we uh have you take off your team owner hat and put your commissioner hat on here but looking at your roster on a week-to-week basis you're getting tons of points from lamar jackson a quarterback your running backs look good especially once you get chubb back in the lineup this week after that bye but seems to be a little bit of variance week to week at your receiver position uh, how do you feel about that spot right now? And are, is there anything you're looking to do in the coming weeks to uh, maybe solidify that spot? Honestly, I have no clue what I'm doing in that spot right now, Tony. Those wide receivers week to week. I thought I had the answer with Juju when I traded for him. And honestly, I mean, I have him in my spart- starting spot right now, but can't promise you he's playing this week. Larry Fitz is decent but you know he's been going downhill since the beginning of the season Diggs, you really can't trust him on a weekly basis like i said i really just have to play some matchups i have to find guys that i you know more than guys that i like i have to find matchups that i like and just try to expose those on a weekly basis because you look at that that lineup and there's no one there that you're just plugging in on a weekly basis right now 
All right, Steve, like Tony mentioned, take off the coach's hat, put on the commissioner hat, and prepare for the booze. From a commissioner's standpoint, you know, I have to imagine you're probably pretty happy with the season. We have a lot of parity in this league. Nobody's really running away with it. Nobody's really lagging behind. You know, the the worst teams here being uh, Dave and Kevin and and Kalen are all only three games back from the lead. Uh, So so from your perspective, how's the season going? And the parity is pretty great right now. You got to look at that, you know, top to bottom in this league, and no one's truly out of it yet. There's a few teams that you could say are uh, one loss away from struggling a little bit, but you know what? It's a a three game. You know, the worst teams are three games back right now with six to go. You know, anyone's really got a chance still. It's pretty great to see. So, Steve, in looking at issues that might be coming up in. Uh, the coming months as we end this season and look towards the future. Um, we've been a 10 team league here now for about three years straight. Uh, hasn't really been much out there to push us back up to 12 where we used to be, but kind of seems like with the parity that the league has uh, the uh, amount of attention everybody's teams are getting everybody seems to be fully engaged and really enjoying it It seems like there might be an opportunity to maybe bump that back up to 12 and add two more teams uh is that something that you think uh, we should consider moving forward it definitely is you know I, i don't know that we go get panel back you know if that's one of the options i think we need to uh to look for different routes if we're gonna do that you know and i really think it's you know we need to find guys that it, at least some of us know you know keep it within the group because i think that's part of the great thing about it is that everyone's pretty close so i don't know i mean i think it's definitely there there's some obstacles that we would have to work around like how do we work here's what do we do with things yeah uh, but it's very doable i think you know if guys want to if we can make a vote it's something that we could definitely pull off. And having 12 guys, it really just means that you're going to have less out on the waivers. And it just makes it a little bit tougher, makes the draft a little bit more important. Now, Steve, recently, your uh, your rival, Dave Peschen, brought up that uh, maybe the league should seek other commissioner candidates. Uh, any idea what prompted that and uh, what's your response to to kind of be putting on notice there? Yeah, I really couldn't tell you what prompted it. It was pretty out of the blue, if you ask me. Um, but no, honestly, it's, I don't know, maybe he has someone specific in mind. Maybe maybe you're up to the challenge. I don't know. But uh, I definitely wouldn't hate getting some of the the extra work off my shoulders. Not that it's really much work. You know, in season, there's really nothing I do as a commissioner that really changes things. Uh, but it's a lot of the setup and the preseason stuff and all of that and changing rules, uh, things like that, that we'd have to, or I guess someone else would have to take over. But uh, I mean, it's something we could consider if other people want to chime in on that as well. You know, if there's a mutiny on our hands and I just don't know it, let's bring it to the table. <laughs> Steve, important question for you. How does it feel to be commissioner of a league that has its own podcast? Honestly, it feels pretty great, Tony. You know, I think it really stepped up the whole league to the next level. Um, you know, I can't 
can't really think that there's too many leagues out there that can tout that kind of thing. So uh, it's it's a pretty good feeling. Steve, any parting words for our, our league owners here? Um, well, I'd like to ask Dave what color paint he's going to get first off. I don't know if Uncle Doug has something specific that he wants for that shed, but you know, just interested to see if Dave has any opinions, if there's like a certain color that would clash with the house or anything like that. Um, but other than that, no, you know, it's been a great season so far. Um, Ty, I'm going to kick his ass this week. Can I say ass? I hope so. But I'm yeah, you're good. You're good. So I hope he's ready for that one. Um, and other than that, you know, it's been a great season so far. And really, there's a lot of spots open in the playoffs. Nobody's set for that ACT Bowl yet. So, you know, good luck to everybody. All right, Steve, thanks for joining us as always. Uh, you know, this may be your amongst the last as commissioner for you, depending on how uh, how this mutiny goes. But always a pleasure having you on. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. And that is the Frosty Hotline presented by Ollivander's Wand Shop, maker of fine wands since 382 B.C. You can find them in Diagon Alley. Stay with us. All right, Tony, let's break into some NFL news. And in doing so, we are going to welcome for the first time in his new intern role. Welcome to the podcast, Dave Pestian. Guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be a part of the on-air talent instead of the guy grinding behind the scenes. Are you guys ready for an NFL hot topic? Hit us, Dave. All right. If you guys watched Monday Night Football this week, not only was it a heartbreaker for my team losing to Steve because the Patriots turned it off, but the reason they were able to turn it off at halftime was because they were absolutely demolishing the New York Jets for the second time this season. The Patriots are in rare form for the Patriots. They're playing lights out every game. Currently, 22 takeaways from their opponents through seven games. And that's a plus 14 margin. So the hot topic, guys. Did the Patriots go 19-0 and 0 this season? Tony, go ahead and take the start. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say no on that one. I know that their start has been incredible, uh, especially for their standards. This is a team that has notoriously in the past started very slow, uh, especially in the last couple of years. Usually at the end of September, the media talking heads are having the discussion is Brady done? Are the Patriots done? And then they revive themselves in October and are competing for a bye by the end of the year. Uh, not the case this year. They have come right out of the gates hot, and it's extremely impressive what their defense is doing right now. 22 takeaways, 18 interceptions. The, the team that has the second most right now has nine. They've doubled it up. Uh, it's a near unprecedented start for a defense. But let's look at the teams that they've played so far. The Steelers week one, who were not in top form at that point, that was with Big Ben, uh, but they did not come out of the gate strong. Then you have the Dolphins, you have the Jets twice, the first of which had Luke Falk at quarterback. 
then you have the Bills, who are no offensive juggernaut of their own and have their own turnover issues, and they barely snuck by with a win there. And you have Washington, the Giants, who are both very turnover-prone offenses uh, with a lot of discord at quarterback. Uh, I don't see them getting through uh, this next month without a loss. Uh, the Browns, they should be able to get past this week. The Browns are very good at beating themselves. But then you have the Ravens who are playing some good football that's in Baltimore. The Eagles, if they if they find themselves again and start playing like the Eagles, have a shot. But then they have the Cowboys, they have the Texans, they have the Chiefs who will have Patrick Mahomes back. I don't see them getting through that gauntlet unscathed, especially with the way their offense is playing right now. They're a middle-of-the-road offense going with that elite defense. What do you think, Derek? The Patriots, this Patriots team, you know, we talked a few years back, I guess uh, over 10 years ago, when the Patriots went undefeated up until the Super Bowl. That team was nowhere near as good as this team is. We talk about the games coming up. Yes, the Ravens have been turning it on, but the the Ravens don't do well against the Patriots as we've gone back in history. Patriots versus Eagles, the Eagles are, what, three and four? You know, I don't think they're going to struggle too much. Cowboys, only four and three. So, again, I, I'm, I hear what you're saying. Those are three games that could go either way, but I don't think they will. Let's look at the last five, or I guess the five top teams since the AFL-NFL merger. The 72 Dolphins, the 78 Steelers, the 84 Niners, the 85 Bears, the 92 Cowboys. Most people would say those are amongst the best teams ever, okay? All of those teams were either 7-0 or 6-1 through seven games. The point differentials are ridiculous. The Patriots are at 175 point differential. The next highest was the 78 Steelers at 108. This is ridiculous. We haven't really gotten to see what the Patriots can do because they just keep blowing everybody out or they get caught here and there. The Patriots versus Bills, only 16 to 10. The Patriots versus Panthers, 3 to 10. But at the end of the day, the Patriots don't play for those beginning of the year games. They get better as they go. And now they get Muhammad Sanu. Are you joking me? Nobody's taking down the Patriots until at least the playoffs. And at that point, they're going to be rolling no team better than the Patriots. So, Tony, you're absolutely wrong. I don't know, Derek. I just Let's look at this next stretch. Just just look at the, the stretch where you have Texans. You have Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, all three in a row. Cowboys are a team that doesn't beat themselves. They're not going to turn over the ball left and right. The Texans always play the Patriots tough and are with them right to the end. And the Chiefs are, I mean, you're going to have Patrick Mahomes at full strength again for that game. Uh, That's going to be a 4 o'clock CBS game. I cannot see them winning all three of those games. Maybe two of the three. But I I would strongly argue that we don't fully know what the Patriots are yet. Obviously, they're a good team. But the, the, the teams that they've faced so far, you haven't faced an offense in the top 20 yet. And that's going to continue this week against the Browns. But eventually, uh, you're going to see what they're made of. They're obviously going to be going far in the playoffs. But um, I don't think anybody who's watched their offense this year thinks that there's any comparison with that offense and that team that that threatened for 19-0 and 0, uh, back in 2008. That team had Randy Moss and was setting touchdown records. Uh, this team can barely protect Brady. 
Uh, if they weren't getting turnovers left and right in short fields, they'd be struggling to manufacture some points. So I, I, I just cannot see them getting through this gauntlet unscathed. I think we saw last year in the playoffs, the Patriots don't have any problem coming back and beating the Chiefs when in games that matter. So, you know, when we looked, we look at uh, like the Colts back when, when Manning was there and, and they they were going with that undefeated season. And they end up laying down towards the end to to kind of get the distraction of undefeated out of the way. The Patriots aren't going to do that as they get closer and closer to this perfect season. They're going to turn it on more and more. I agree with you. This offense isn't the 2007 offense. But this defense may be better than anything we've ever seen. I, I recognize they haven't played a ton of tough teams, but I think you're giving the teams they're going to be playing against a lot more credit than they deserve. The one game that scares me is this Chiefs game uh, because I don't think they're going to have an issue with the Eagles. I don't think they're going to have that much of an issue with the Cowboys. And I, I at the end of the day, although the Texans' pass rush can be an issue, their offense, I, I don't think Deshaun Watson has what it takes to rip apart the defense like like a quarterback who's going to beat the Patriots can needs to do. So, Tony, I'm going to be wearing my Gronk jersey at the Super Bowl party because they're going to win it at a perfect 19-0. I rest my case. Grinder rests. Well, guys, as a pretty convincing argument from both parties, you know, I like the idea for some reason, and call me a bandwagon, bandwagon fan or what have you but I, I like the the idea of experiencing history in the making lebron james coming back from a, a three to one uh deficit in the playoff finals to be the first team to come back like that and win a championship and doing it for cleveland i'm i'm so pumped that i got to experience that in my lifetime if i get to experience a 19 and 0 team in my lifetime Man, I I think that's pretty awesome. So, Tony, I'm sorry. Out of out of hopefulness for being a part of history as a as a fan and as a viewer, I'm gonna side with Derek with this one, and we will we'll find out in the next several weeks who ends up being right, and hopefully it does not cost me my job. But let's segue into our next hot topic. We mentioned both of the teams just in that discuss, discussion about the Patriots, and that is the focus of the quarterbacks in the NFC East. Dallas Cowboys hanging out with Dak Prescott, who's had his ups and downs. Wentz over with the Eagles. I'm having a hard time deciding who's the better quarterback. Derek, why don't you start this one off? Convince me of your choice. This one is kind of difficult, and I, I kind of went into this thinking I was going to pick Carson Wentz because all I keep hearing about is how great Carson Wentz is. And look, there are some some people that I respect highly who thinks Carson Wentz is amongst the elite quarterbacks. However, you know, I'm a numbers guy, and the numbers to me just don't sell me on it. So if we look at ESPN's quarterback rating – which when they unveiled this, they really showed how flawed the traditional quarterback rating is and how much better the ESPN rating is. And I bought in. So Carson Wentz's quarterback rating, 64.1 this season. Dak Prescott, 79. And yes, that's the best in the league. That's better than Pat Mahomes. 
That's better than Tom Brady. That's better than Aaron Rodgers. That's the best. We look at completion percentage. How good are you at getting the ball where it's supposed to go? Dak Prescott, 70.6%. Carson Wentz, only 61.3%. So this year, Dak Prescott by a mile. Well, Derek, on, on that note, first of all, I just want to start off because I know we, we talked quite a bit about Dak uh, going into the season with the, that big contract looming and uh, something that still hasn't been signed on the dotted line yet. But I will definitely say that Dak Prescott is a lot better than I gave him credit for, uh, even as as soon as this past offseason. Uh, he's really proven himself to me as a franchise quarterback. Uh, a lot of questions go in whether he would be worth the contract that he's going to sign. I got to think that he's going to be. Uh, he really fits with that lineup there. He's a, he's a perfect fit for them. But in the question of uh, NFC East quarterbacks and who is the best one there, I still have to go with Carson Wentz. And I, I don't think we're seeing full uh, the full body of work from Wentz right now because there's so many disjointed pieces in that Eagles offense. His top two receivers went down for a good portion of the season. Deshaun Jackson is still down, and that is a, a very key component to the offense because it completely takes the top off the defense and they don't have that there. Something that they also didn't have last year when Wentz struggled through a back injury a little bit. Uh, his number two tight end, Dallas Goddard, went down for a couple games in there. He's just getting back up to form. His left tackle, Jason Peters, uh, has been down for the past couple weeks, so they've been getting the rookie Andre Dillard put in there. Uh, Wentz just has not had anything stay the same from a game-to-game point. Uh, in the first couple games with some of his younger receivers, he had to run the play clock all the way down to zero, just getting those guys lined up. So some of his poorest numbers this year are very explainable by that. But even in some of those early losses, if he gets a, a key catch in each game from some of his young receivers, they win both those games. Nelson Aguilar drops one early. The very next week, uh, Arcega Whiteside drops one on the goal line that would have won the game. So he's still in there making plays to win games. It's just he's not getting bailed out by his, his team. And it, it, it's, it's easy for people to forget just two years ago before he went down with the injury in the year they ended up winning the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. He was the leader in the MVP race because he was playing so well. Uh, I think eventually uh, when all the components in the offense are finally back to normal, you're going to see that output from him again. But this is my issue with Carson Wentz, and, and I'm not going to blame a guy for being injured, but at the end of the day, you said he was on an MVP, he was on an MVP uh, trail, and then he gets hurt, and Nick Foles comes in, and Nick Foles is nowhere near what I think Carson Wentz is, and yet they still win the Super Bowl. So how important is Carson Wentz to that team? I, I, I don't know. And I think we keep having these giant question marks with Carson Wentz because there's always something. It's an injury. It's injuries to the other guys. It, it's always there's always some issue that's like, well, well, once that gets better, we'll really see what Carson Wentz is. At the end of the day, elite quarterbacks are elite quarterbacks, and they make work who they have in their in their starting lineup. You know, Dak Prescott goes without Zeke for a while. Goes with Des Bryant, who where's he playing now? You know, so it's not like Dak Prescott's had everything handed to him. Yes, he has an incredible offensive line, but, you know, the and, and 
at the end of the day, I think we still have these giant question marks with Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, although has he won a Super Bowl? No. But at the end of the day, neither has Wentz. Dak Prescott keeps getting better. I think he's worth every penny that the Cowboys are about to pay him. Him and Zeke and potentially Amari Cooper are the future of the Cowboys. And I think they have a Super Bowl in their very near future on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. You know, all I can think about during the entire argument about these two quarterbacks was how much I miss Tony Romo on the football field. Uh, so, you know what? I'm going to... I Honestly, I'm not impressed with either of them. I, I do think that uh, both teams have amazing offensive lines right now, even with some beaten, uh, beaten up players and uh, maybe some injuries that they're suffering throughout the, the offense. Uh, but I, I think the deciding factor comes down to that, that Eagles Cowboys game that we just saw. And it was an easy walk for the Cowboys to, to hand it to the Eagles 37 to 10. I don't know how you argue with that. Dak Prescott, uh, you know, he gets the win in my book. Always good to pick the Dallas Cowboy when the Dallas Cowboys fan is choosing <laughs> the winner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good strategy on your part. That's right. All right, Dave, get back to work. You have intern work to do. Yes, sir. Right away. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Dave. Hello, Frosty listeners. Intern Dave here. If you're in the Fortune 500 League or listen to the show, you're well aware that the loser of the toilet bowl is required to take a league-proctored ACET test. But fear not, Tyler. I'm here to help you and any high school listening seniors prepare for a semi-enjoyable ACT experience with our brand new segment, the ABCs of the ACTs. Brought to you by Hooked on Phoenix, the best tool to help young wizards and witches pronounce their favorite spells, charms, and curses. For the first edition of the ABCs of the ACTs, I wanted to cover the ACT test-taking format. During the first portion, you'll be faced with a 45-minute English section containing an overabundance of 75 questions. Immediately after, you'll be tasked with 60 math questions, which need completed in 60 minutes or less. And I'm pretty sure that's about a minute per question. At this point, you'll be graced with a quick 10 minute break to drain your snake before you're allowed 35 minutes to read the Lord of the Rings and answer 40 questions about Harry Potter. Finally, the last 40 questions from the science section need logged within 35 minutes. Helium, more like helium. This part of the podcast segment is intentionally left blank. With our final moments of this budgeted segment, I'll cover the first ACT prep question. If J divided by 24 equals K, then J divided by 6 equals what? A, 4K. B, 2K, C, K, D, K divided by 2, 
or EK divided by four. And well, that's all the time we have. So tune in next week to hear the answer. Also, if you don't know the answer before the next podcast, then it sounds like you should sign up for our premium program, the ABCDEFGs of the ACTs. I'm intern Dave, and that's been the ABCs of the ACTs brought to you by Hooked on Phoenix. You don't want to go to your next duel looking Levioso dumb. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Frosty Podcast and our next segment, The Forecast, presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. And joining us for The Forecast is friend of the podcast, Mike Ingenthrone. Mike, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I'm trying to readjust to this Cleveland weather after a couple of weeks in, in Greece. So, uh, yeah, it's not going well. But besides that, it's going great. Well, Mike, you are uh, you've had some time to get your head clear. So we expect nothing but the best picks this week. After last week, our guest pickers didn't do so hot. I'll do my best. No, no guarantees, though. <laughs> All right, in the first game, we have Vince Gorgonzola's 5-2 and two Grandpa's Cheese Barn going up against Dave Pestian's 2-5 and five Super Sack. Now, Vince is expected to take this one 125.3 to 97.9. Now, Dave still has two guys that are uh, not expected to play that are on his roster, so it's a little bit of a false hope here for Vince but Mike how do you see this one going yeah I I, I think uh I, th- I think Vince takes this one pretty easily even with uh even with Christian McCaffrey coming back I I don't think there's enough firepower on that side to really get it done they've uh let's see Dave's got Dave's got a good quarterback and both his running backs should do well even with Zeke on a bye Carson's a nice fill in there but the receivers get really iffy especially with will fuller going out now so i don't think he can overcome the the power that vince has he's got mahomes went down but cousins is coming up at the best time possible saquon's healthy again connor has a good matchup he's i I think vince is going to take this one pretty cleanly you know and and i i don't think you're wrong with saying that but i'm going to go against you i think the Patrick Mahomes injury hurts, uh, although Kirk Cousins can do a pretty good job coming in. Uh, I think at the end of the day, Tom Brady is humming. Uh, you know, they they held him back a little bit towards the end of the game just because they were up so much on Monday night. But I think he's going to do well. Christian McCaffrey is going to be Christian McCaffrey doing Christian McCaffrey things. Although the 49ers defense is nothing to shy away from. But, you know, have being a New England heavy offense for Dave going up against Cleveland, I think is going to benefit him. As we've seen, Cleveland has been high and low. And after seeing what they did to the Jets, uh, I don't think it's going to go too well for Cleveland. So I'm going to go Dave Peshin here. I know he's real hungry after that after that tough loss last week. Uh, Tony, break the tie for us. I'm going to go with Mike on this one and go with Vince. Uh, he's still the highest scoring team in the league. Uh, and he seems to do something to every team that he faces each week where they don't score very much. He's, he's also the lowest scored against team in the league. 
Um, and just looking through this matchup right here, it's nothing but green check marks on, on Vince's side right now. Really, the only advantages Dave has over there are in that uh, New England-Cleveland game where he's got a couple Patriots going. Um, New England has been doing most of its damage on the defensive end, not the offensive end. Granted, if, if the Browns do start turning the football over left and right uh, like they've been prone to do, that could definitely lead to some fantasy points there. But just looking at Vince's side right here, he's got James Conner going up against Miami. Kirk Cousins are going against Washington. Lockett's going against the Falcons, who just seem to be the get-right team for every offense out there. I, I just think there's too much firepower in Vince's lineup here. I think he keeps rolling and goes to 6-2. and two. In our next game, we have Tyler Kerr's Cyberdyne Systems going up against Steve Brewer's the EBDBB&B. Now, Tyler coming off a big win last week, and Steve barely squeaking that one out against Dave. So the question is going to be, can Ty make it two in a row? Now, again, they haven't switched their rosters, but at this point, Steve is projected to win 110 to 97.3 Steve has Lamar Jackson uh, on a bye week and does not have a quarterback yet so we'll see who he ends up putting in there and Ty has Amari Cooper who's on a bye week and has uh, a few wide receivers to choose from so Mike does Ty make it two in a row or does Steve move on to six and two I think Steve joins Vince here at, at six and two as as close as this one is. And despite the fact that we don't know who, who, uh, who will be starting a quarterback <laughs> for Steve here, but I think EBDB BNB still, still takes this one away. Dalvin cook is going to feast on Washington. I don't, not sure what Nick Chubb is going to do here. I think Kenny Dow Galladay gets back on track. Uh, I think Diggs is going to feast in Washington too, uh, similar to my pick with Cousins uh, for Vince. So I, I don't know. I I don't think Tyler has enough over there, even with Rogers coming off the monster game that he is. Robert Woods has a good matchup. John Brown is probably going to have another good game against Philly, but I still don't think he's going to have quite enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna take EBDB BNB in. The, a close one and the lowest scoring game of the week. Oh, an addis- additional prediction. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers is the interesting one to me here. We saw that Aaron Rodgers on a great game can carry Ty's team. Going up against Kansas City, I normally would say, you know, hey, any team that goes up against Kansas City, that quarterback usually does pretty well, especially when it's Aaron Rodgers. But now with Patrick Mahomes not playing, I think that changes the way the game is going to be played. Does that help Aaron or does that hurt Aaron? That's the thing I don't know. But at the end of the day, Groover's team, I think, is just head to toe better. Uh, Ty, I think we all can agree that pushing 160 is more of a fluke than it is that he's going to be able to do that week in and week out. So I'm going with Steve on this one as well. Uh, regardless of who he puts in there at quarterback, I'm with you. I think Dalvin Cook's going to have a game. Nick Chubb, you know, even when he doesn't, when the Browns don't do great, Nick Chubb seems to do well. I think that they're going to try to, with that defense, avoid the pass game as much as they can early on and get that run game established. That's only going to help Nick Chubb. 
And then Kenny Galladay, I think I'm expecting another big game out of him. So I'm with you. I'm going with Steve. Tony, is this a sweep? Well, looking at this one here, Steve has some favorable matchups for sure in there, but Ty also does. You know, looking at the Aaron Rodgers against the Chiefs matchup, that that figures to be a high-scoring game even with Mahomes out, I think. I mean, Matt Moore has shown to be capable in spot starts here and there, especially in his first start in the next last couple of years. I, I don't think he's going to be a liability right out of the gate. I could see him putting up some points. Uh, the KC pass defense has been a little more formidable than they're getting credit for out there, but I think Rodgers still finds a way to put a couple touchdowns on the board there. And as we've mentioned before with Ty's team, his, his lineup tends to go as the Rams go, and I think they're really going to go this week against the Bengals. You have Gurley, Woods, Zerline all going up against Cincy, a, a team that is just becoming more hapless by the week, really. Um, those three could put up 100 points right there by themselves uh, or, or damn close to it. I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with Ty Kerr to put together two solid efforts, and hopefully – uh, he doesn't turn me into a liar here. In our next game, we see Charlie Thurber's capital expenditures going up against Tim Taft's The Green Dragon. Charlie coming in here at 5-2 and two, and Tim coming in at 3-4. and four. Now, interestingly, Charlie is the one with the bye week, but it's just on just with Justin Tucker, his kicker. So Tim's roster, although he likes to tweak it, seems like it might be well set. And Charlie's projected to win this one 113.6 to Tim Taft's 104. Now that is with Thielen on the bench and Devontae Adams on the bench. So I don't know if he's going to stick with that or not. But Mike, does Charlie join the 6-2 and two teams or does Tim find himself 500? I think all signs are telling me that Charlie would join them at the six and two, but I'm going to go the other way here and uh, take Tim with the upset. I think, I think things fall in place properly for him. I think, I I think Thielen's going to get back into his lineup with a good game against Washington. I think if Devontae Adams is healthy, I, I, I see him getting a good share of the targets in his return in green Bay against Kansas city. And then I think if, he makes the right choice between David Johnson and Chase Edmonds. That could be the that could be the thing that gets him over the edge. And depending on what the reports are of David Johnson's health, that might help ease that decision if he's lucky. Uh, so, despite a couple of really favorable matchups that Charlie has with Goff going against the Bengals, as was previously mentioned, and a couple other good matchups with Michael Thomas and Tevin Coleman. I still think uh, I think Tim pulls this one off. So Tim's team has really been kind of up and down this year, but mostly up. And he put up he put up his first sub 100 point game this past week, scoring 96.7, and ran into Tyler Kerr just having an unbelievable game. On the flip side, Charlie Thurber also put up a sub 100 point game, but got lucky going up against Joe, who put up even less. So these are two teams that, although Charlie's team looks better record-wise, Tim is still one of our top-scoring teams in the league. I've generally been very concerned with Tim's team, uh, and, and I'm with you. I think 
trying to choose between those Arizona running backs is going to be difficult, not knowing which one is going to go off any given time. But at this point, I think I'm going to take Tim because I think this his luck has to change here at some point as far as scoring so many points but being scored against and running into difficult teams and teams having the game of their lives. So I'm going to go Tim on this one. Uh, I, I don't I don't think Charlie has quite enough there. I think Deshaun Watson going up against Oakland has himself a day and James White as well. Tony, where are you at? It's funny because Charlie's team never really looks like they have enough to get it done going into the week, and they just keep getting it done to the tune of five wins. They're the lowest-scoring team in our league, and they're 5-2 and two right now. Um, and he gets another favorable matchup this week against Tim because uh, we have to, have to see if Devontae Adams is going to end up playing or not. Uh, it's probably trending like he's not going to. Adam Thielen is unlikely to play Thursday night as of right now. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see if David Johnson comes back into the lineup. If he doesn't, do you trust Chase Edmonds to put up uh, another game like he just did? Uh, probably tough to expect him to put up three touchdowns a game, especially when you're facing a better defense with the Saints. So as it's constructed right now, there's there's more favorable matchups on Charlie's side than there are Tim's side. This is how Charlie keeps winning. And I'm going to say it happens again this week. Uh, Deshaun Watson is going to have to have another 40-point effort for Tim to win this week. I don't think he quite pulls it off. I'm going to go with capital expenditures. Next game here, we have Kalen King's Prestige Worldwide going up against Tony Perenni's Nooks and Fanny. Kalen has dropped now five games in a row. And Tony has just been cruising here. Uh, although he did drop the game last week to Kevin, but still hanging out there at five and two. Tony projected to take this one 128.4 to Kalen King's 84.8. However, Kalen has three guys on three essentially empty roster spots. So, Mike, does Tony have enough to win this one, or is Kalen finally going to snap that losing streak? I don't think Tony's going to like this, but I, I think Kalen snaps this losing streak. I think he just runs up against a couple unfavorable matchups for Tony. He's got Wentz going up against a good Buffalo defense, Derrick Henry going up against the Buccaneers' real tough run defense this week. Odell, you never know what he's going to do, especially against the Patriots' defense. Cooper uh, Cup's going to have a good game, but Ertz is going up against that same Buffalo defense, and we don't really know what to expect with Kamara's health even though it's very nice seeing that name in the flex spot. So I'm looking over at Kalen's side. If he slots Kyler Murray in there uh, for Matt Ryan, since we're not sure what Ryan's health status is right now. And uh, <clears throat> throw, and I, I, think, uh, I think Kansas City's run offense has a really good game against Green Bay. I think that's going to be a running game on both sides of the field. And McCoy is a good pick there to slide in with either Melvin Gordon or Valdez Scantling in his other empty roster spot. But I think the bad matchups are going to doom Tony here, and and Kalen's going to squeak this one out with the upset. Ooh. And I misspoke. Kalen's going to snap a four-game losing streak, not a five-game losing streak. But uh, the point still stands. So, you know, I, gotta, I, I came in here thinking I was going to pick Tony. Kalen has these three empty spots. 
I don't know who he's going to play in here because he's losing Zeke. Uh, he's losing his his flex spot. Um, but ultimately, I'm with you. Know, I think Matt Ryan has himself a game or Kyler Murray. I think either way, we'll see what happens. Uh, LaShawn McCoy versus Damian Williams is going to be the tough one here. You know, which one do you pick? And that that's the the issue he's going to have. And I think this is the game that Josh Gordon comes off the bench. You know, Tony, I think you're going to put up some good points, but I think at the end of the day, it's not going to be enough. And Kalen King projected 84.8 right now. I think we find him in the 140 range. Tony, we both picked against you. How are you feeling for this game? Well, I obviously can't pick in this one, but, uh, you know, this game's going to be about exercising demons for Kalen right now because the last time he won, he ended up going into a game against me. He came on this podcast extremely confident, lost, and hasn't won since. So this is going to be a big revenge game for him. I definitely know what he's preaching to his guys going into this. He's got some good matchups. Uh, I definitely have some tougher ones kind of in a tough stretch of my season right now uh, as far as my team goes. Um Probably going to be a few tweaks to my roster before we actually hit the field on on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, I have my hands full this week for sure. And I, I'd just be happy to get back up into the hundreds after two sub-100 weeks. Finally, in our game of the week, Joe Reedy goes up against Kevin Hulick. Now, Joe Reedy's Footloose Prosthetics comes in here at three and four. Projected for 123.4 points. The law offices of Saul Goodman come in at 2-5. and five. And now we've talked about Kevin's team. He's scoring pretty well, but just keeps running into the buzzsaw. However, this past week, his luck finally changed as he scored that 132 against you, Tony. And you couldn't even put up a measly 100 points. So Kevin becoming the second top scorer in the in the week, projected at 125.4. Uh, so for those of you who did not do the quick math at home, that's only a two-point difference. So Mike, does Kevin make it two wins in a row, or does Joe get back to 500? It's all good, man, unless you're in the prosthetic industry. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, think, I think James McGill's squad... Takes this one. I don't. I don't think it's going to be particularly close, but I, I think Joe is going to put up a pretty good fight here as well. I think this one's going to be a a shootout compared to the, some of the other games in this league. Both teams have a few players with a couple inviting matchups, especially at the quarterback position. And both teams have a few players who are looking to continue some some good fortune, like DeAndre Hopkins. Now that Will Fuller's out, and he just had his, one of his first games. First real good games of the year. I think Godwin has a really good game with Tampa against Tennessee. I think Ingram gets back on track after a disappointing week last week. And I think DJ Chark gets back into the end zone after a couple weeks uh, not finding the end zone after his stretch to start the season with a bunch of touchdowns. Joe's going to get some points from Tyreek Hill and uh, a few other people, maybe Le'Veon Bell or Phil Lindsay has a good game, but I, I don't think he's going to have enough to keep up with everything that everything that Kevin's throwing that way, especially with the New England Patriots defense putting up 20 points a game. Yeah, 
man, I'm, I'm with you here again. I try not to pick the same as you every time, but, you know, I can't argue with you. The Patriots defense has just been ridiculous. And I think at the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns aren't going to do anything to change that. The Titans defense going up against Tampa, we'll see how that goes for them. But getting DeAndre Hopkins finally rolling, we'll see if he can do it again. But I, I'm with you. I think with Will Fuller being out, I think he does. So Joe's roster has been pretty good up until recently where he started to struggle a bit. And Kevin, we've talked about how good his team is and how unfortunate his luck is. This one's as close as it gets. But I think at the end of the day, DeAndre Hopkins has himself a game. Josh Allen going up against Philly. I don't love it, but I think he's going to do okay. Tariq Cohen going up against the Chargers. The passing game for Chicago is abysmal, but Tariq Cohen catches balls out of the out of the backfield, so he might do all right. And, of course, that Patriots defense, like I mentioned, uh, I, I don't think Joe's going to have enough to overcome it. I think Joe's going to put up a good a good game. I think he might be able to outdo his projection, but at the end of the day, it's not going to be enough. And the law offices of Saul Goodman and Kevin Hulick start making a push to become a bubble team. Tony, where are you at on this one? Well, Kevin has really been the anti-Charlie up to this point. He's the second leading scorer in the league, and he's sitting at two and five, just stricken with bad luck up until this past week, uh, much to my chagrin. But I have a feeling he could turn this into a winning streak here. He's got a host of good matchups in here. Uh, Josh Allen going against the Eagles defense right now, which is just putrid on on the defensive end. Uh, Josh Jacobs could punch in a touchdown against Houston. Uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, if you didn't know, uh, the Saints told us this week he's short. Uh, That's all I got for Cohen. Uh, I don't expect much from him, but I do expect quite a bit from the rest of uh, Kevin's lineup. And I think the clincher just is right there in that defense spot. Uh, until I see the Browns stop shooting themselves in the foot with mistakes and killing themselves, I'm going to guess that they can't do it. So this could be easily another 20-point effort for the Patriots defense if the Browns keep turning the football over like they have. Uh, I'm guessing they don't have it right just yet. So I think that's going to be enough to give Kevin his first winning streak of the season. Wow. Kevin, your luck may be changing, my friend. Well, Mike, thank you for joining us. Excellent job picking this week. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me again. It was just fun. And with that, that is the forecast presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. As always, thank you for listening. The Frosty Podcast is presented by Steel Valley Media. On behalf of the Fortune 500 League, I'm your host, Derek Frost. Your co-host is Tony Perenni. Our overworked and underpaid intern is Dave Pestian, who was super psyched to get on the, on the show for the first time as intern. As always, thank you for listening. Good luck to all the fantasy owners this week. And for those of you who might be looking at the ACT, make sure you stay tuned next time. We're going to have another way to help you out when you take that test. We'll catch you next week. Welcome to the Frost... What? Did that make sense what I texted you about with the opening bell earlier? I didn't read it.